Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Heart to Heart, an outreach ministry of New Vision for Life Kingdom Builders. Our ministry website is www.newvisionforlife.com, where we align our hearts with the heart of God. Please join our host, Bishop Etta Banks, as we get to the heart of the matter. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is Apostle Etta Banks, your host on Heart to Heart, where we get to the heart of the matter. I'm also the pastor of New Vision for Life Kingdom Builders. We meet on Sunday mornings um, at 9.30 for discipleship class and 11 o'clock for an awesome worship experience. We invite you to join us on any Sunday, and I promise you, you'll be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Go to our website, www.newvisionforlife.com, to get the directions and, once again, the schedule for our services. Beloved, it is always great to meet you here on the Sabbath, Saturday mornings. It's always a pleasure. I praise God that once again he brought us through another week. Can you believe it? We've made it another week. And some folks are counting the days day by day, just one day at a time, or whatever it is that they're going through, one day at a time, and you made it another day. To God be all the glory and the honor. Yes, all of the glory and the honor. Praise be unto God. And, of course, this morning I want to say good morning to Tamika Shelton. Shelton, praise God. You know how I feel about her, so you're going to hear it whenever and however and how how many times I want to say it, but good morning to her. God bless you, my love. Good morning to her mother, Lady Joyce. We praise God for her. We praise God for Joyce in New York. God bless you, woman of God. Hallelujah to God be the glory. To Prophetess Dorn to Minister Tabika Garns, uh, to Isaiah from Chicago, from the Crawfords from North Carolina, um, from my apostle from Massachusetts, um, you know, whoever the rest of you are, you know, praise God. I'm so glad that you're all here this morning, that you're joining in with us. And um, it's it's a pleasure. It is truly, truly a pleasure to see you and, of course, looking forward to hearing from you as we go on, as we go on. It has been, oh, my God, how could I forget Uh, Deacon Thomas Farr, (laughs) Deacon Thomas Farr, praise God to the man of God, um, who also has his own radio show, and it is called Issues, Christian Men Talk. Issues, Christian Men Talk. Comes on on Monday nights and Thursday nights. And I believe it's Monday at 8.30 and Thursday at 8. You can look him up on Facebook, Issues, Christian Men Talk. They have their own page. Or look up Thomas Farr. He has his own page. Check it out. Again, I encourage you to get the men in your life to get them to listen to his show, get them to listen to the show. It's very, very beneficial to all that are concerned, to all that are concerned. I want to oh, also Prophetess Kim, I wanted to say good morning to her as well. And um, I just want to thank all of you as you continue to pray for me and my family, uh, continue to pray Um, especially for my grandson, Um, just continue to pray. You know, God is good. He's awesome. He's marvelous. He's wonderful in all that he does. He's wonderful in all that he does. And I am just so grateful, so grateful to him. 
um, this morning I had posted um, a scripture on um, Facebook, and it was from Romans, Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. And it says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, that he, that's God, he was able to perform. And like Abraham, no disbelief and no distrust shall make me waver concerning the promises of God. In faith, I give glory to God. I am convinced, persuaded that what he promised, he is able to perform it. Amen. Amen. That is the scripture that I wanted to start out our day with as we go into prayer, as we start the day with. I wanted to um, share that with you, that you need to make your mind up, that just the way Abraham did it, Abraham was a man of faith, and as he did it, with no disbelief and no distrust, that whatever God's promises are, you are convinced and you are persuaded that if he promised it, then he is able to perform it. And don't get sidetracked in any way, shape, or form. Do not get sidetracked. Believe what the word of God says. Believe his promises. Stand on his promises. It is so important. And the only way you're going to know what the promises of God are is to get in his word. That's what you need to do. Get in his word. Let your minds be renewed by the reading of his word. Let it be renewed by the reading of his word. So let us go ahead and pray. Let us go ahead and pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we do thank you. We honor you. We bless you. We magnify your holy name. For truly you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega. And God, there is none like you. There is none like you. For this day, O oh God, we acknowledge you for who you are. You are awesome and magnificent and wonderful in all that you do. You, Lord God, breathe life into Adam, and through that life we have been created through the life that you breathe into him. God, we ask you by the Holy Spirit to breathe on us this morning. Breathe, 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 almighty God. Breathe on us this morning. Blow the wind of your presence on us. Oh, God, just breathe, breathe on us, oh, God. Cool us off, oh, God, with the breath of life. Cool us off with the breath of life. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, move up and down the hallways and the, of the hospitals and the prison cells. Move up and down them. Bind up spirits that are not of you. Hallelujah. Breathe on our sons and our daughters, our mothers and our fathers and other relatives that have been incarcerated. Breathe new life and a new vision unto them, O oh God. Lord, let them see that that which you started in them, Father, that you are faithful and able to complete it. In the name of Jesus, you are able to complete it, O oh God. God, we stand on your promises this morning. We stand believing, O oh God, in our salvation through the shed blood of Jesus, in our healing through the shed blood of Jesus. Lord, we believe it. We stand on it. We trust you, Almighty God. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. God, I thank you so much for what you've done for me, for my family, oh God, for my friends, for my associates, Lord God. Lord, for those that co-labor with me in the vineyard, oh God. 
God, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, let any and everything that is needed by anyone on this radio show, anything that's needed, oh God, let it be done for them today. Financial needs, God, Jehovah Jireh, come forth and provide. Healing in the body, Jehovah Rapha, come forth and heal. Trouble in the storm, Jehovah Shalom, come forth with peace. Whatever it is we need, O oh God, let the provision be made today. Give us this day our daily bread, this day. We're not talking about tomorrow. Father, give us what we need this day. And God, on earth here, we hallow your name. We honor your name. Lord, we believe you. We trust in your name. Oh, let your will be done as it is already done in heaven. It is completed in heaven. We are complete in heaven, oh God. So, Lord, let the process that we walk through, let it bring the desired results, the results that you already know are done. And as we go through the process, we love you, we honor you, we bless you, we magnify your holy name, King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus, Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Amen. Amen, 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 beloved. I tell you. Listen, y'all, I don't know if you remember, but last week we had an event at our church, and the event was um, the comedian and Um, music provided by the wise men. And I tell you, saints of God, I had a marvelous, marvelous time. Um, Joyce, I'm going to ask you, honey, to chime in here with me since you and my loving daughter, your daughter, were able to attend, and we truly appreciated your presence there, truly appreciated your presence. And um, I just want you, if you would, for me, beloved, just to share um, what your thoughts were about the day. So good morning to you, beloved. Good morning. How are you, honey? Fine. Thank you. I had a fabulous time. Uh, They were called the wise men. I didn't realize that was their name because they are very, 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 very wise. I received Mm. something. Uh, Bishop, that was so needed, the old songs, the old songs that ushered the presence of God into your spirit. I sat there, and tears were rolling down my eyes, and Tamika says, Mommy, why are you upset? I said, I'm not upset, honey. I am being filled. Mm -hmm. Just listening to those old songs that had so much meaning that the church doesn't sing a lot anymore. Just things right. that just get down into your soul. I'm telling you, mm. just just tears of joy. So it was just an awesome, awesome experience for me. Uh, then the comedian and now you'd have to you'd have to know that I don't really have a sense of humor. I have that <laughs> melancholy spirit they call it. And I tell yes. you that gentleman did he did things that I actually understood. I was like, oh, my God, I got that. I got it. I got it. I got it. So I was just, I had a fabulous, fabulous time. And then when the same group came back singing the oldies but goodies, the Motown and whatever, you know, we know every word to every song. And so I was standing up doing my little dance, spiritual, liturgical dance, whatever, whatever dance was appropriate at that time, it was all in me. So yes, I had a marvelous yes. time, and I am so glad that we came. Amen, amen. <clears throat> well, I am definitely glad that you came, and, and it did my heart good to see you enjoying yourself the way that um, you did. And, and um, you know, that, that, that to me, that was half of the, the enjoyment that I had, watching you and, 
and other women, um, you know, enjoying themselves. And like you said, the old gospel songs that are heartfelt, soul-felt songs, those songs were so absolutely wonderful. And with us being a contemporary church, we don't sing those songs. And my children, they don't know those songs at all. I grew up on those songs. And um, when I got saved, um, I was already in, um, I was in a uh, Caucasian church, and it was definitely contemporary uh, Christian inspirational music. And so that's where, you know, what my children grew up on. And then our church, of course, like I said, it's contemporary music. And I miss the old songs. I do miss them. And, oh, my goodness, to hear those songs, I am so in agreement with you that those songs just went down to the core of your spirit. You know, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And then to hear the Motown review, oh, yes, love the Motown review. And that several women, and and what was cute to me that there were several women that um, I've only known them being reserved Christians. And, oh, but they got up and they danced and they sang every word, like you said, to the songs. And it was wonderful to see them just let their hair down and really enjoy themselves. And uh, the comedian, awesome dude, awesome. His name, um, Rob, Rob, uh, God, Robinson, I believe it is. And, um, and, um, and not only is he a comedian, Y'all, he is a minister. He is a licensed minister of the Lord, and it was beautiful. Wasn't it, Joyce, that at the end of his segment, he did an altar call. He, he yes. offered Jesus to the group. And see, and that's, that's what I like. I, I like that. I don't want us to be so taken away with whatever it is we're doing that we forget that sitting amongst us are souls that need to be saved, you know, somebody may need prayer, whatever the case may be. And um, I have gone to several Christian um, movies, you know, that T.D. Jakes did, and, um, and I, I was disappointed. And I know that, you know, that in many places, unless the church rents the theater, this cannot happen. But there were some movies of his that I went to that opened up wounds of the women that went, um, wounds from molestation and um, rape and domestic violence and so forth. It opened these wounds, and there was no ministering. There was no one to help them. And we were there in the audience, you know, but there was no altar call. And like I said, I know this can't be done in the public theater unless a church rents the theater and they have that designated time where they're able to get names and phone numbers and to pray for people right then and there. But I love to see it, you know, when artists offer Jesus to their, um, to their audience. I, I love seeing that. And I didn't know that Rob was going to do that, but he did it. And um, that blessed my soul. And like I said, um, he is a minister. He came and spoke for us on a Sunday morning. And he was awesome in his delivery. And he also had some humor in his delivery. But the word was good. And it was dealing with basically us not giving in to temptation. That's what it was. But it was good. So, Joyce, thank you again, you and your daughter, for coming out and supporting New Vision. You you are definitely a supporter all the way around, and I'm glad that you and she were blessed. I am glad that y'all were blessed. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank it was you. a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. Amen. And the food was good, too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. The chef, yeah, the chef did a good job there. He yeah. did a good job. <laughs> And, the, yes, and he indeed. made a fashion statement as well as a, as well as the presentation of his uh, food. Uh, the brother was hooked up with his lime green on. He was, he was something else. A wonderful yes, spirit. Wonderful spirit. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, there you have it, saints of God. You just heard from, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Joyce um, Richardson, I believe her last name is, and that is Tamika's mom. 
and she is my number one. You heard me, number one fan. She and her daughter hold the number one place, you know, and the and the reason she gets that is because she has been on this show, I don't know how many years now we've been here together, but she has been here since day one, since day one she has been here. And um, I tell you, I just am like, wow, Lord, wow, 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 you know. So I am very grateful and very appreciative and will never fail to acknowledge them. If, if my, as long as I'm in my right mind, I will never fail to acknowledge them. So to God be all the glory. Amen. Prophetess Kim, I love you, sweetheart. God bless you, woman of God. I thank the Lord for you as well. I thank the Lord for you. I had already gone through and given um, the accolades to to all of my regular listeners, and um, I just wanted to, you know, mention you again as we go forth. So listen, babies, listen, 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 honey. Last week, last week, we we dealt with what should be the husband's role in a marriage. What should be the husband's role in the marriage? And... um, so we covered that last week, and this week I want to cover what should be the woman's role in the marriage. Um, I just want to tell you what the roles were very quickly. I'm not going to expound on them because if you were here last week, you got it. Um, the the uh, three main roles that we was sharing last week about the men. And the number one was to be a leader. And um, the scripture that you need for that is 1 Corinthians 11 and 13. Then the next thing was he was to love his wife unconditionally. Love her unconditionally. And you look at Ephesians 5 and 25. And um, and that is husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So his unconditional acceptance um, of her is is um, very very important. And then the third thing for him was he was to serve his wife. He was to serve, <clears throat> excuse me, his wife. Um, and Jesus served. He served his disciples as he washed their feet. And that's in John 13, verses 1 through 17. And the church, Christ, the head of the church, took on the very nature of a servant when he became human um, in order to show us how to live. So those were the three factors um, and, of course, there are many other things that, you know, that we all should do in our relationships. But those were three factors that were pointed out. And, again, this came from Family Life. Um, uh, dot, I can't remember whether it was dot .com or dot .org, but Family Life dot, let's say, org. If you don't find it on the org, do it on the com, uh, dot .com, and find out the the roles of the husband and wife. Today we're going to go over um, what should be the wife's role in the marriage. What should be the wife's role in marriage? And we know that, you know, throughout the years that the role of the woman has changed so very, very much. Um, A lot of women um, you know, our women's liberation that came about, you know, years and years ago, um, because men weren't standing up to the plate and doing the things that they should do, and women were walking in the roles that husbands should be walking in, and so women took a stance and said, look, <clears throat> excuse me, look, if I have to provide and and do all the things that a man is supposed to do in my life, then I really don't need a man. And then, and they, you know, and they began to, to usurp the authority and so forth. And then out of that also, women, um, I think I personally think that that also helped to promote 
the um the lesbian scene as well. You know, we're we're saying we don't need a man in our life, you know, we can do this all by ourselves and so forth. And then when it came to loving and the affection and so forth, they found that also in other females. And um and so it is it is important for us to know what God says about what we are supposed to be to our husbands. I'm not speaking of in any other role right now. I'm speaking to wives and what role we should play with our husband or in our marriage. And for those of you that are not married, I am speaking to you because you have the potential to be married. You definitely have the potential to be married. And um, so you can learn ahead of time, which all of us, all of us wives and all of the husbands, we should have learned ahead of time what our specific roles were. And this would have helped some of us in making the decision to say yay or nay. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Boy, I tell you, we would have less divorces if we understood what marriage was really, and not was, is really all about, and some of the components that we should look at when it comes to marriage, look at, you know, the the man offers himself to us, he asks us to be his, and we make the final decision. We say yes or no. That comes from us. A man can't ask us to marry them, and then they answer for us. You know, then he basically would be marrying himself. But when a man asks a woman to marry her, him, it's left up to her to say yes or no. So it's your decision on whether or not you and this man will get married. Are you getting married for the right reasons? Have you looked at what should be looked at and looking at getting married? Have you looked at that? Um, I definitely... Look, 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 listen, y'all, listen, listen. I know that even with premarital counseling, I don't think anybody should get married without premarital counseling. I really don't. I, I don't think so. Um, um, it's, it's important. It's very, very important. And I know that even with premarital counseling, that there are times when the officiator, the pastor, um, or whoever is doing the counseling does not think that this would be a good time for this union to come together. Couple has already decided they are going to get married, and um, they're just going through the formality of having the counseling. But their 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 hearts and their minds are already made up, you know. So no matter what the counselor says, they're going to get married. And I've seen those situations. There are situations that um, uh, where the couple's mind is made up that they're going to get married, and um, they do get married. The pastor is in agreement with the marriage, and then you know all of a sudden you see you see a side of the person that was never displayed to you during the courtship, during the counseling. Um, you know, it's almost like you were deceived in this. And um, and that is a tough place to be, saints of God. That That is a tough place to be. And um, I have seen it happen. And um, at that point in time, you know, praying and, and, and trusting God and depending on the Lord to help you through, and and to heal, to deliver, and set free, however God chooses to do so. You know, you, we, we pray, you know, for relief in these situations. We are praying. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There are those that get married and they seek counseling after they're married, but then in all of the seeking that goes on, they choose not to do the suggestions that are given to them. They choose not to do it. Well, if you choose not to do what's given to you to do, then 
you're keeping yourself locked up in a prison that you may not be ready to come out of. Now, hear me when I say this. You may not be ready to come out of it because suggestions are given. You try it once or twice. It doesn't work. You quit. That's it. It's done with. And you haven't given God a chance to do what he wanted to do in you and or in him. So you end up giving up on it. You, you just stop. You just stop. And, again, difficult situations, difficult situations to deal with. And because you're discouraged, you're discouraged in what it is that you've been praying for and you just haven't seen it in quick enough time. But let me take you back again, if I can find it. Let me take you back again to the scripture um, that I quoted earlier today, Romans 4, 20 and 21. He staggered not. And this is Paul talking about Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And verse 21, and being fully persuaded what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And then the uh, writer says here, like Abraham no disbelief or no distrust shall make me waver concerning the promises of God. In faith, I give glory to God. I am convinced, I am persuaded that what he promised, he is able to perform it. Amen. Amen. And that was in my scripture reading this morning, excuse me, before the show. And, um, And so I just wanted to share that with you because truly, trust me, with all the stuff that I go through, that my family goes through, that my church goes through, I I am persuaded. I am just persuaded. I am convinced that if God said it, that it is to be, if it is a promise of his, it is to come to pass. No matter what the situation looks like, no matter what I see in this, I believe God's word. I believe his word. And thanks to God, I encourage you, married or not married, please trust in the Lord. Trust him. Believe him. Believe what he says. Yes, we get tired. We get so discouraged. But God is so able. He is so able. So anyway, let me quickly and, 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 you know, give you four steps that um, Barbara Rainey, um, her husband, Dennis Rainey, was the one who did the piece on should be the husband's role in the marriage. And this piece is by Barbara Rainey, what should be the wife's role in marriage. And, um, And the first one that she has here is a wife is to be a helper to her husband. Now, all of us at some point in time are called to be a helper to others, you know, to each other. But the Bible specifically gave responsibility to the wife to be a helper. You know, the word says that God told or saw Adam saw him doing his work, and he said it's not good for man to be alone. And out of that, he put Adam to sleep. He took a rib from his side, and he formed, he shaped a woman, a suitable helper for him. He he formed her to help him, to help him, okay? So we are to be helpers. Um, I remember telling you all years ago that even the word helper, and I believe it was in the, I don't remember whether it was the Greek or the Hebrew, one of the words that describe the helper is the fact that it is an advisor. It is one that, that gives advice to whoever it is they are helping. Um, remember that when God saw Abraham, I mean, Adam doing what he was doing, 
It wasn't that Adam couldn't do it, but he needed some help. He needed some help. So he made the woman to help her husband. She was created to be a helper. And so many men do not receive do not receive the help of their wives. They are intimidated by the wife's education, her um, employment title, the amount of money she makes. Um, I think I said education already. They're intimidated by this. But the woman was sent to help you. She was sent to help the man. And now listen, listen, and and a new vision is going to be blessed by this teaching um, for uh, on tomorrow. Some of what I'm saying right now will be in the the piece that we're going to be looking at tomorrow. But in order for you to help somebody, guess what? They've got to be doing something. They've got to be doing something. You're not helping somebody that's not doing anything, you know. If the person has no dreams, no goals, no vision whatsoever, you know, they're just there. There's nothing much you can do for them. You were sent to help. So in order to help someone, that someone must be doing something that they need help for. Now, check this out also. When you seek help, you seek help from someone that is as strong as you or stronger. And an example that was used is if I'm trying to lift a table and the table is too heavy for me, I need to get help from someone that is at least as strong as I am or stronger than I am so that we can lift this table. So for you wives and for the husbands that tend to listen to this, when God gave you a helper, your wife, the wife, that woman is as strong as you are or stronger than you are in whatever area that it is needed in. So don't be intimidated by it. Understand, men, that you should be blessed by the presence of your wife and the help that she is able to extend to you in this marriage. Amen. Amen. I hope we're getting it. I hope we're getting it. Then the next thing, women, we are to respect our husbands. In Ephesians 5 and 33, Paul says, the wife must respect her husband. You see, when you respect your husband, you reverence him, notice him, regard him, honor him, prefer him, and esteem him. It means valuing his opinion, admiring his wisdom and character, appreciating his commitment to you, and considering his needs and values. Women husbands have many, many needs. They have many needs. And the macho man who is self-contained, independent, um, or or vulnerable, that is a myth. That is a myth. The men need us. They need us to help them, and they need us to respect them. A man needs um, the the, the self-confidence in his personhood as a man, he needs to be listened to. He needs champions, I mean, I'm sorry, companionship. He needs to be needed. These are things that the men need. And when we help and when we um, fulfill those needs, that is us respecting them. That is us respecting him. Every man wants his wife to be on his team, or he should. He should want want his wife to be on his team, to coach him when it's necessary. But most of all, ladies, the men want us to be their cheerleaders. And I pray that you don't 
think I'm minimizing this, you know, and, and speaking of us as cheerleaders versus being the captain of the team and so forth, they need us to cheer them on. There is so much negativity in the world um, on their jobs, even when they own their own business, you know, somebody still needs to tell them, hey, you're doing a great job. Oh, I appreciate what it is that you're doing. A husband needs a wife to be behind him, believing in him, someone that's appreciating him. Women of God, I see you on here. Are you doing this to your husband, for your husband? Are you letting him know how much you appreciate him? And listen, listen, I know, I know that he can do nine things wrong and do one thing right. But please, babies, please, the one thing he does right, acknowledge it. That's right. Acknowledge it. Tell him, I, I, I saw what you did. I appreciate what you did. Yeah, he messed up nine other times throughout the day. That gave you nine other times, hallelujah, to practice neology. That's right, being on your knees before God and praying. But the one thing that he did right, hallelujah, praise God for it. Thank him for it. Tell him you see it and you appreciate it. And, honey, whether he lets you know it or not, he is so happy to hear something good coming from you. He's swelling up inside because that's how he was created. He is swelling up inside that somebody said he did good. In fact, if you would let me use poor grammar right here, please let me use poor grammar right here. In other words, you're done good, baby. You're done good. You know, that's just to emphasize how much they need this, how much they really need this. Um, it, and, and especially, look, look, I'm going to be serious, especially if it's a black man, especially. They don't get praised enough. They don't get told enough that they've done a good job. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we are so accustomed to harping on the negativity or the negative things in our marriages that we don't take the time to say, okay, that one was right. Yeah, and I know, you know, you tell him it was right, and I know, yeah, 15 minutes later, he might mess up again. But for that moment, for that moment, thank God for the thing that he did right. Give him praise. Give him Give him, you know, something to feel good about. So do that and do that in respecting him. Respect him. He needs to hear this. He needs the companionship. He needs to be listened to. And, babies, when you listen to your husband, don't be making a list of everything that he's saying is wrong and you can't wait till he shuts up so you can give him all of the answers. No, sometimes you just need to listen. Mm-hmm. I see. Oh, honey, I didn't know you felt that way. Okay. I understand. Yeah, these are some phrases that we might want to try out. These are some phrases. Well, honey, what, what, what is your decision about it? What did you decide to do? Okay. You know, let them talk to you. Let them talk to you. It is so important. A husband needs a wife who is behind him, believing in him, appreciating him, and cheering him on as he goes out into the world every day. Let some of your last words on that morning when he is going to work, when you tell him, honey, have a great day, go out there, conquer the world. I know you can do it. I know this sounds corny, y'all. Hey, but the man needs to be told that he can handle it, that he can do it. 
You know, that's what the sons need when they look up to their fathers. They look up to their fathers, and they want to be validated by their dads. And their dad saying, son, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I have faith in you. I trust in you. And most of our black men don't have that in their lives. So they weren't even told as little boys that they can accomplish what needs to be accomplished. They weren't told that. Then they are being raised in homes with mothers and sisters who may come down on them because you know how it is. We tend to be smarter, so we think that we're smarter. And so we have the tendency to say, boy, why are you doing that? That was a dumb thing to do. Are you crazy? And unfortunately, using a word that I don't like, are you stupid? You know, these are the, the words that are being sown into the male's spirit. And then that same boy that had no father telling him that he could do what he could do, the same boy that was told he was stupid by his sister and or his mother and or his teacher, same boy who has grown up now to be a young man feeling self-defeated by remembering and hearing over and over again all of those negative words that were spoken to him, that same boy is the one that's asking you to marry him. And you do. Not knowing about all of the negativity that has been sown in his spirit, that has taken root the whole nine yards, not knowing And then here you have it, and you see him doing things, and he's already defeated. He's already negative about himself. And then he starts doing things that really seem dumb. And what do you say? That's not right. Where did you get that from? Who taught you how to do that? You have no common sense. And these are the words that keep on coming back at this man. Precious hearts, respect them. Do the thing that is necessary to help encourage them to be what they are supposed to be. The third thing a woman is supposed to do in her marriage is to love her husband. Titus 2 and 4 calls for the wives to love their husbands. A good description of the kind of love your husband needs is unconditional acceptance. In other words, your husband, as he is, an imperfect person. Yep, he's imperfect. And so many of us work so hard in trying to make him perfect. But then we have to realize that we are imperfect. So you got an imperfect person looking at another imperfect person, and we're trying to perfect the, the, that person that we have married. We're trying to perfect them instead of letting God continue to perfect us. Wow, two imperfect people put together. There's not a perfect person make. So we're to be loving to our husband, and we also are to be committed to a mutually fulfilling sexual relationship. And I know that there are women that hold sex back as a tool against their husbands because they know their husbands desire this so much. I hear you women out there, I hear you saying, Yeah, but he holds sex back from me as well. He holds it back from me. I desire for us to be more intimate. I desire for us to have more sex. I desire that. And he withholds that from me. Yes, beloved. We have to pray. There's counseling that needs to be done with that. There's a reason on why he's doing that. And sometimes, honey, it is because he's just tired. He's so tired he can't do it. It doesn't always mean he's getting it somewhere else. 
even though surveys show that sex is one of the men's most important needs, if, um, excuse me, most important needs, um, but there are some men that can totally do without it because they are extremely exhausted, they're tired, they just have no desire, they're not cheating, they just don't want to do it. They just don't want to do it. So this is something, again, with the woman loving her husband unconditionally. He could have a self-image problem. He could have been beaten down so much that not only is he physically tired, mentally and emotionally and spiritually tired, he just doesn't think much of himself. Um, I was talking to a, a minister, a male minister. We were in a group, so I wasn't the only one talking. But we were sharing as as adults, and we are very much so adults. All of us were over 60. And um, talking about how um, in his first marriage, you know, his wife uh, really cut him down um, about his sexual uh, capability, and um, she she cut him down. Um, and this man admitted to us in the group that that has made it harder for him to be involved with anyone um, sexually because he was told that he wasn't good. And so he's so very self-conscious of it that he doesn't want to get involved. Now, hear me when I say he doesn't want to get involved. He wants to be involved, but he won't let himself be involved for the fear of someone telling him that he's not good. And this, with this, yeah, this man, yeah, he's 60 now. This happened when he was in his 20s, y'all, and it's still plaguing him 40 years later. So we have to be careful of what it is we're saying to our husbands. We have to be very, very careful. Um, uh, so love your husbands. Support them in any way that you can. The last thing on the list was submit to the leadership of your husband. And just the mention of the word submission, many women become angry and even hostile. And we know that it is a controversial concept that has been highly debated and yet misunderstood. Some husbands and wives believe submission indicates that the women are inferior to men in some way. And I have known women who think that if they submit, they lose their identity and become non-persons. Others fear, and with good reason, that submission leads to being used or abused. Another misconception is that submission means blind obedience on the part of the woman. She can give no input to her husband, question nothing, and only stay obediently barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. But what does God have in mind? Here are two passages from Scripture. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. That's Colossians 3, 18 and 19. And then um, Ephesians 5, 22 through 30, it talks about the um, wives being subject to their own husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. And goes on speaking about, um, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He loves his own wife, loves himself. He who loves his own wife, loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. These scriptures make it clear that the wife should submit voluntarily to her husband's sensitive and loving leadership. Therefore, as I volunteer voluntarily submit to my husband, I am completing him. I am helping him fulfill his responsibilities. I am helping him become the man, the husband, and the leader God intended him to be. So building oneness in a marriage works best when both spouses choose to fulfill their responsibilities 
voluntarily with no pressure or coercement and to become the servant leader that God has commanded him to be, we respect and submit to one another, one another. And note here that some of you may live with abuse or in excessively unhealthy and destructive conditions in your marriage. At times, it may be inappropriate or even life-threatening for you to apply unquestioningly the principles of submission. For example, if you are being physically or verbally abused, you need to take steps to protect yourself and your children. If you are in that situation, please discerningly seek out your pastor or someone wise who has been trained to help with your specific issue. Loving, forgiving, and submitting does not mean that you become a doormat and or indefinitely tolerate significantly destructive behavior. Let's make that clear. Nowhere in God's word does it say that you are to accept that type of behavior, being beaten, being torn down, you know, daily like this. Do not. You must protect yourself and protect your children. It, it, it must be done. So as we looked at the different ways that a wife is supposed to come together with her husband, voluntarily they are to submit one to the other. I pray that you are encouraged that it's okay to do these things in a relationship and still have your own identity Still be all that God has called you to be. And remember, the husbands need us. They are missing a rib, and we are the rib that they are missing. And when they find us, they find a good thing. They find a good thing. Be sure that you realize that you are good. You are good. You were created to help your mate. Don't be afraid to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, beloved. Well, that is um, our uh, piece for today. Uh, Tomorrow at New Vision, we are starting our service early tomorrow instead of... um, 11 o'clock, we're starting at 10.30 tomorrow um, because I do have a piece that I want to show um, our congregation instead of me preaching that um, I want to show them a piece by uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. And um, this is an excellent, excellent piece for men, especially, especially for the men and the women. Like I said, we need to see and hear so that we, too, can find how valuable we are to the men in our lives. And the men are being told how they should be so full of what it is that God has for them. Wives, I encourage you to get your husbands out. Get them there so that they can see and be encouraged by another man. See, sometimes you know that men have difficulty taking instructions from a woman. But here I want this man of God to share what the Lord has given him from the word of God. Babies, I love you all. I praise God for you. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Go forth, have an awesome day. Remember, this is Apostle Etta Banks. Your host here today on Heart to Heart, where we get to the heart of the matter. Have an awesome day. God bless. Thank you for listening to Heart to Heart with Bishop Etta Banks. Heart to Heart is an outreach ministry of New Vision for Life Kingdom Builders. Please visit our ministry website at www.newvisionforlife.com. As always, beloved, I pray that God will bless you and bless you mightily. And as he does, you will turn around and bless someone else. And then that person will turn around and bless someone. 
then that person will turn around and bless God Almighty for the blessings that he bestowed upon them. And then God in his awesome and infinite wisdom will turn around and bless you one more time because you knew what to do with the blessings he bestowed upon you. I thank God for the completion of the circle of blessings. I beseech you, therefore, in the name of Jesus, that you go forth today and be a blessing to someone. And when you do, do so on purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.